You're a man. You're a father. You're a brother. You're a son. You're a husband. You are a man. But in today's culture and society, what does that mean? How can you live an absolutely fulfilling life? Maintain a passionate, intimate relationship. Be a good dad. Be the nice guy everyone expects you to be. And still be all you want to be as a man. In this podcast, we explore everything it means to be the best version of yourself as a man and still fulfill all the roles you want to fulfill with strength, courage, mastery, and honor. We are a tribe of awakened men. Here's your host, Scott Landis, and this is Husband on Fire. That's cheesy, Daddy. All right, Scott, here we are. We're diving into episode eight. Yes. We're moving You're along. keeping track of those I'm numbers really well. <laughs> I mean, I mean well, you know, we were kind of like, you know, seven. It was like seven means completion. And mm-hmm. so it was like, no, no, this can't be the end of the podcast run already. We've right. got a few more. I mean, a whole season, you know? Yeah, so we broke the mold of seven yeah. being complete, and we just said, let's do eight. Let's do eight because uh, because seven eight nine. What, 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 is, what is that joke? That's what uh, seven's afraid of. Somebody, what is it? What Somebody's is it? afraid of seven. That would be the last episode, right? We needed to go convert to the uh, youth pastor yeah. on on uh, on what we need to know about that seven eight nine joke. Um, this is a great. This is a fascinating one. You know, I mean, this this uh, conversation that you have today, mm-hmm. Nicholas Cup. Yep. And um, talking about investment, yep. you know, that's kind of a big deal. And of course, the world right now, when we're, you know, you're going to go live with this, it's just very unstable, you know, things globally and just geopolitically mm-hmm. and just the markets are, have kind of kind of shifted, <laughs> gone south a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, people are starting to wonder what's happening. So what, what a time, what a great opportunity to kind of lean in and mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what you have going on today. Yeah, so um, the, we spend quite a bit of the first part of the podcast uh, diving into his, I felt like, a unique perspective on investment strategy because he's a real estate investor himself and yeah. he has clients that come to him uh, wanting to get into real estate or yeah. at least wanting to have that as a part of their portfolio. So yeah. he's well equipped to do that. And, you know, I came from yeah. the uh, securities world, sure. um, a different, uh, I was a, uh, basically sold mutual funds. Uh, yeah. So I was a, basically a sales guy. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas doesn't care about what product you are in, yeah. whether it be real estate or a stock market or a mutual fund. Yeah. Um, he gets paid a fee to give you good advice. Yeah. And as long as he's giving you good advice, you keep paying him a fee if, Love it. you know, so his, uh, I, I like that approach. And yeah. so I asked him a lot of questions about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Cause I wanted my listeners to yeah. hear um, that, that that's out there and maybe that's a good option for them if they're uh, looking at investing. Absolutely. I think that's a big question right now, especially I think it was, it was you know, husband's on fire and, 
and uh, men, awakened men, you mm-hmm. know, and just thinking about your family and providing and yeah. just different opportunities to invest, especially in, in the world that we live in today, right? Mm-hmm. And it was it was like a, just a kind of a fun, kind of an opportunity to kind of geek out a little bit on a yeah. conversation like that, right? Yeah, and if you think about, you know, part of being an awakened man, those four pillars of fulfillment, you got vitality, mm-hmm. relationships, freedom, and impact. And if you want to make a huge impact on the world, part of it is freedom, right? Yeah. And financial freedom is a part of that. So, you know, it's, you know, right in line with what we talk about as Awaken Men. Absolutely. I found some financial freedom here recently. Um, You know, I did this 21-day cleanse. I know that you guys were involved with as well in January. And stopped drinking caffeine. Wow. And the money I saved. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to the coffee shop. I did have decaf today, uh-huh. but you know, some freedom. Yeah, you know. Just so we're talking like thousands of dollars because of your yeah. habit. I could <laughs> buy a house with, with that with that amount of money. And Nicholas, he has a uh, podcast, right? Yeah, the Nicholas Cup Show. And yes. what's interesting about that? I love it. I mean, he doesn't talk about investments at all on his yeah, podcast. I love he it. just interviews entrepreneurs. I love it. I was actually on his podcast. Wow, an entrepreneur, Scott yeah. Landis, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. I, I think that would be the Nicholas Cup. Nicholas Cups. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Cups show. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's our sponsor. <laughs> I'm teeing up the sponsor. I didn't even hear the sponsor bell go off. <laughs> the sponsor <laughs> bell just did not even go off. We're going to have to consult with the sponsor. There's actually a sponsor bell ringer. I think we've made enough money from advertisers that we actually have someone that comes in and rings the sponsor bell. Ooh, that's a good idea. And they go back to their coffee. Gonna have to get one of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the, the Nicholas Cup Show podcast, look it up, talking entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like Skyland is, um, is the, is the uh, brought to you today by the Nicholas Cup Show. So, uh, you are Nicholas Cups, mm-hmm. but you have a nickname. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so do you do you, have, do you uh, always go by Nicholas, or do you go by Nick? What do your friends call you? Friends call me Nick. Okay, uh, because my last name is Cups. Um, professionally, I go by Nicholas. Got it. Because Nick Cups turns into Nickups. <laughs> Like, it's just hard to say. It's yeah. two hard C's together. And yeah. so you have to pause. Nick yeah. Cups. Um, Does your wife ever get the Nick Ups? No. Uh, <laughs> it, like, no one's ever called me that. But it's just it. Uh, it's just one of those, that like, when you're introducing yourself, it sounds awkward. Mm-hmm. And so I just introduce myself to people out professionally or networking. It's, my name's Nicholas. Yeah. Um, it's kind of my work persona. Okay. Um, but no, no one, ta- no one calls me that outside of i mean half my clients call me nick like once they got to know me Mm -hmm. um there are some who believe that like don't call that guy nick he's nicholas like because i'm like some people are pretty particular and i appreciate it when i introduce Mm -hmm. myself as nicholas the thing i one of the things i hate most is when they i'm like hi i'm nicholas cups like oh hi nick i'm Uh so-and-so they just assume i did not introduce myself that way that's Uh you're not listening yeah (laughs) it's a pet peeve of mine yeah like we can get to the nick thing later but uh-huh. like it's like you you know hi my name's scott oh hi john <laughs> that's not the same name or sk- <laughs> <laughs> hey ot how are you <laughs> yeah so i'm glad we cleared that up because i've been wanting to call you nick for a long time i swear somewhere along the way is probably um Don or someone referred to you as Nick, but I never saw your name printed out as Nick. So I think I even emailed you one time, Nick. And then I was like, oh, did I imagine that? And so 
from now on, I'm in the friend zone. Uh, sure. You can be in the friend zone or the business zone. I will introduce you to people as Nicholas, but yeah, when I yeah when I call you once on the I phone, get to know you once I, yeah if you oh, if well, you are get we there are if we you there? get to the next stage then yeah we're friends are we so. are we at the next stage we are okay yeah. good okay <laughs> didn't want to overstep you can call me Nick throughout this interview it's totally fine all right cool but uh, for my guests to know you're Nicholas Cups you have the Nicholas Cups Show a podcast where you interview uh, as I understand it. Um, mostly entrepreneurs, um, it's sort of like the theme of it is breaking free from the mundane and the kind of the status quo. I know I'm like extrapolating a lot, but, Mm -hmm. uh, is that pretty close? How would you describe it? Well, it, it's deeper than that. So the idea is, is rooted around my theme of how I define retirement. So retirement is not the traditional way you would define retirement of, I got to save a lot of money so I don't have to work someday Um, Mm -hmm. because the assumption there is you probably don't like what you do. Mm -hmm. So mine is um, retirement is the day, uh, the moment you stop sacrificing some imaginary tomorrow. You start sacrificing today for some imaginary tomorrow. Um, And so from that comes this, there's a bunch of ways to do that. Um, it can be the traditional way, work for a company your whole life, save into your 401k, have this big nut that then generates income and you can stop working. If that's your dream, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that I have on my show are ones that have found they can have their cake and eat it too by leaving the what, I, what everyone calls the rat race, mm-hmm. you know, leaving your cubicle job, leaving that, being an employee. Mm-hmm. And going out on your own, starting your own business, uh, which is usually chasing after a passion or a dream of yours. And then learning, looking backwards, work is very different when it's for yourself Mm -hmm. than it is for someone else. Uh, The rewards are better. Um, Sometimes you can make more money. Sometimes you make less money. It doesn't matter. It's not about money anymore. It's about you've not... People that work for someone are sacrificing their freedom for money and are risking or basically sacrificing their free. And people that are self-employed are risking money for freedom. Mm. So that it's a totally different mindset. And everyone I've talked to who is self-employed will never go back to being an employee mm. because they understand that it's the, the grass is truly greener um, for those people, um, they're just destined to do that. And they've, they then say, well, I kind of feel like I'm retired now. Like retirement isn't about not working. Mm -hmm. It's about enjoying life. You know, yeah, you can have enough passive income to support not needing to earn money. So you could, you could serve, um, on charities, you could donate your time, whatever it is, whatever your passion is. There isn't a universal thing for that, but my theme is that how I define retirement is very different. So the, the idea of the podcast is to celebrate those people, to inspire people who are sitting in their cubicle, listening to podcasts mm-hmm. <laughs> while they're pretending to work, mm-hmm. to say, oh, I've always wanted to be a business coach. Mm-hmm. Like I listened to Scott's and wow, he took a very un, you know unconventional journey to that. Mm-hmm. Um but he made it sound like I could do it. And so you, you may have inspired someone to try that. Um, and so I try to interview as many people from all different walks of 
of life to, so that's a very long-winded answer to your question. But. Yeah, I love it. I love that. Uh, and by the way, if uh, if you don't know, Nicholas Cup Show, I was a guest on, and uh, that's what Nick's just referring to there. Mm. Um, yeah. Told my life story. Two hours later, we passed out from exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's great about long-form podcasts is the uh, everyone when we're done. You know, I because the computer goes off and you don't. There's no clocks in here. Um, I'm wearing a watch, but I usually don't, um, just because I don't want to know the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get done, you click stop, and you're like, "That we talked for two and a half hours. Like that was two and a half hours, and mm-hmm. you just don't realize it right. how much time flies when you're not distracted and you're kind of wired in, and it's yeah. it's all just this. That's what's yeah. great, and hopefully. It- the story's inspiring. So if you haven't seen it already or heard it, go to Nicholas Cup Show anywhere you can find a podcast. And look for my episode um, because I want my episode to be number one on your show. Nah, you're, so, you're creeping up there. You, you've, you've got some reach. So I think you're, yeah, you're still, you're still number two. Yeah. Um, but I think you're episode six. I think so. Yeah. So so look for episode number six and listen to it <laughs> 50 times so I could be number one on that show. <laughs> right. Not that that's important. Right. You're married. You are married to Jenny. You've been married. It'll be seven years this May. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. That's, the, uh, that's like that seven-year itch time where, you know, um, it seems like there's some kind of, whether it's statistically proven or not, it seems like there's like a divorce threat there Hmm. so you're you're hitting that ceiling hopefully breaking through onto year eight and you don't have to worry about it for the rest of your life you'll be you'll be uh divorce proof after year seven oh is that what it is no (laughs) okay (laughs) that's a fairy tale land (laughs) statistically it probably the numbers go down but statistics don't matter to the individual exactly you have two kids you have a girl two and a half girl and a five-year-old boy Mm -hmm. good job you yeah, produced, I got my boy. You you produced. Uh, <laughs> I produced a, a. Yeah, I've diversified my uh, existence. Here. Yeah, right. And uh, you are so. Besides the podcast, you are also a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your, that's your day job. Right. Um. And, and I uh, I wanted to have you on the show, uh, because one, your husband, husband on fire. Here we are, mm-hmm. husbands talking. And, um, you did me the solid of having me on your show. And, um, and so we got to know each other, um, and I would consider us friends. I hope we, uh, meet for lunch often going forward. And, um, but also I appreciate your, uh, as a financial advisor, I appreciate what you've already shared, you know, your kind of your look at retirement, how you, how you view that as an entrepreneur, I totally resonate with everything you were saying. And, um, but also I think of you as an out of the box financial advisor. Mm. Um, and, and I had a, a, a go at the financial world. Um, I think a lot of people have a go yeah, at the financial yeah. world. So I, I dabbled <laughs> <laughs> in a past life. Um, so I kind of know, uh, a, a portion of what in the box looks like. I was definitely sold hook, line and sinker 
uh, as a career path uh, Mm -hmm. in the box view. But then I kind of broke out of that with some entrepreneurial like um, uh, juice that I just couldn't shake. Right. So which (laughs) led to my financial ruin for a while. But another story. Sure. Episode number six, Nicholas Pod- <laughs> Nicholas Cubs podcast. <laughs> but, minute, minute number uh, forty-five. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I like to ask uh, guests on my show uh, a question at the beginning. What is your uh, your definition of an awakened man? Um, but I also uh, want to put that back burner for a second and have you um, kind of go down the path we've already started on and, and give a a bit of um, you know, what makes you an out of the box financial advisor? And we'll probably circle back to that later. Um, Well, I, I think, I I don't know how out of the box I am. I think that um, it really regulatory purposes. We are, (laughs) (laughs) well, it, so that I'm, I'm trying to challenge a few things Mm -hmm. with, um, as I look forward, um, mm-hmm. of where I want to, where I want my business to go, um, what kind of advice I think works today and age versus what advice may not have been so great in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, there's a term fiduciary responsibility, right. um, that so many people tout, I, I'm a fiduciary, I did, 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 you know, like every firm will say all of our advisors are, are fiduciaries. We we'll always put our clients interests first. Mm-hmm. And that, that is true to an extent, but where I'm trying to challenge is to ask, are you really? Because Mm. when you look at how the model, or I like to say the sandbox that you play in is designed, there's only so many toys in the sandbox. And those toys include IRAs, 401ks. Those are all set up for tax purposes. And the whole system is designed for employees to participate in it. Interesting. Right? So if you're an employee of a big, corporate company you're going to put so much into your 401k your company's going to match for you you can only put so much in an ira there's a lot of limits there Mm -hmm. but um it's all to to put money away for the future um which is great and then um you only have so many tools or like say toys in the sandbox that you can utilize to have that money work for you so inside of a 401k, you're going to have mutual funds, which are invested in stocks and bonds. Um, they're all what are called uh, registered investment products. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the tools that advisors can use, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, those do not include other types of things people can do to earn money. Right. And so far, that's what I would refer to as the kind of end of the box. Right. And so uh, the advice. reason, yeah, so the reason that most advisors can't think outside the boxes because how they charge their fee. Mm-hmm. So um, in the you know, in the beginning, it was commissions. Mm-hmm. I was a, I was if a, if I'm a stockbroker, I'm your gateway or your gatekeeper to the stock market. Mm-hmm. This is before online trading. This is in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah, um, you had to call a guy at Merrill Lynch to go buy Disney stock. Like you couldn't do that on your own. And I would charge you a commission for every time I placed a trade. That's right. how advi- financial advisors or stockbrokers made money. And then after that, the fee-based model was created. Where does that one not exist anymore? No, it does. Oh wait, the the commissions, the stockbroker kind it, of deal. It does. It um, a lot of banks, so advisors at banks still use it. Okay. Um, insurance companies use it, and it's all. 
um, what are called loads. So Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily charge you um, to trade stocks, individual stocks and bonds. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you can do that on your own and you can go to like E-Trade and you might pay a transaction fee Mm -hmm. for that. Uh, But if you're using an advisor, um, like if you could buy a mutual fund, they have share classes of funds that have commissions that they'll earn for purchasing that fund. Right. Um, so yeah, that stuff still exists. I think it's extremely archaic and is not the right thing to do mm-hmm. um, because you got to stay nimble in this market. I mean, the market moves way faster today than it ever has. And so okay. buying one mutual fund and owning it for 10 years might not necessarily, because you've paid a commission Okay. Um, and you'll have to pay a fee to get out early. Mm. Um, that stuff still exists, but it's declining rapidly. Okay. Um, so yes, it does, but... The biggest component is the is. By the way, if you are just starting out, and I'm just gonna throw out some my archaic knowledge because I haven't mm-hmm. been in the world for a while. But if you're just starting out, uh, like the Dave, Dave Ramsey kind of idea, just like get emergency fund, mm-hmm. get uh, some kind of you know, it's better than a savings account. Get a mutual fund, put in an IRA. That's better than nothing, right? Doing something's better than nothing. Absolutely. So um, if somebody's just getting started and they don't have uh, a lot, you go know. to Vanguard. Okay. Just open an account on Vanguard. Okay. That's the easiest and cheapest way. So you don't need a, an advisor. Just go online, Vanguard. Yep. Suck some money away every just month. Buy, but buy the S&P 500 fund. Okay. They ha- And it's the cheapest one. You'll get exposure to the stock market. Is there just a transaction fee, no load, right? There's no transaction fee with Vanguard. Really? And their annual expenses are tiny, tiny, tiny. Okay, so you're paying an annual expense. Yeah, but it's kind of like, so it's baked into the performance. So if you, the expense on the S&P 500 index fund is like 10 basis points, I think, or even less than that, so 0.1%. Mm-hmm. So if, if the market goes up 10% one year, that fund will go up 9.9% because 0.1 was taken to pay Vanguard for their ability to manage okay. this product. Um, so you're not going to see a fee coming out of your bank account. You're going to see, I put $250 in this month. You'll see $250 in your account. Okay. Absolutely. Got and it. doing that systematically like that is the best way to do mm-hmm. it. Um, that way it becomes a bill that just, it's money that mm-hmm. leaves your account that you can't spend. Yeah. And that's the best. Yeah. For young people, that's the the best thing to do. And they call it dollar cost averaging, if I remember right. And there's some science to that, but we don't have to get into it. But right. Well, that's that right? just, yeah, just always buy like, mm-hmm. because you, it'll go up, it'll go down. Yeah. You want, when you're young, you want the market to tank. Yeah. Like, and the time value of money is going to be on your side. Sure. So the faster you can do that and the more you can put in, the larger that thing will be in the future. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about the more advanced like that's not the client you're working with typically right no because i can't make money off that Mm -hmm. right so i i you know i have um kids of clients who Mm -hmm. are that age and so that's what i recommend doing they're like well send me your statement i'll give you a what's what but really if you just buy one fund the s&p 500 Mm -hmm. and you don't look at it for 25 years you're going to do real well yeah historically Um, right yeah but even with there's always a reason not to buy Mm -hmm. um historically but yeah over time if you believe that the that the united states isn't going to fail in the next 25 years it's a good investment Mm -hmm. um so uh, 
a little, so back to kind of how advisors get paid. Cause mm-hmm. then that's where, that's where that commission world still exists is for those young people who don't know what they're doing. They go into their bank, they see a financial advisor in the office, they go talk to them. And the financial advisor says, yeah, start putting $250 a month away into this mutual fund, but they're going to charge you like 5% transaction fee every time. Every month you're paying on that money. That every in. time you buy. Wow. So it's when they're $250 a month or whatever you're doing. So you're immediately way ahead just going to Vanguard. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Just go there. Yeah. You might not have someone to call, but you can call Vanguard. They have advisors on staff. Well, yeah. And it's the S&P 500. It's who cares? Yeah. You're not super predictable. Don't, if you, if you work for a company and you believe in that company, buy their stock. Mm-hmm. If it's publicly traded, um, Pick at, like if you like a product, this is one of the things Warren Buffett does. He buys the stocks of the things he uses. So like if you like Apple, buy Apple. doesn't matter what price it is today. Just buy it and Mm -hmm. keep buying it. That's if you have that long-term perspective. Correct. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So um, the the other model that that is the most popular today is what's called the fee-based model. And that's Mm -hmm. a percentage of the assets I manage. So if you are close to retirement, you got a million dollars in your 401k. People hire me to manage that million dollars to generate them an income so mm-hmm. they don't have to work anymore. Um, and so I'll charge a percentage of that account balance every quarter. Um, it's on an annual basis, but let's call it 1%. So they'll pay me $10,000 a year to give them the income they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that stage of life, it's really important to have an advisor because generating income consistently is um is very hard to do Mm. getting growth is easy back to our previous point of just buying the s p 500 as long as you don't change anything you're going to do okay um managing downside risk managing uh, distributions having that done right and from a tax efficiency standpoint is complicated Mm -hmm. so that fee you pay an advisor a lot of times justifies itself Mm -hmm. just by either one you don't want to do it yourself because it's a full-time job um but you won't, you'll avoid a lot of mistakes by having a professional do it. Um, what makes me different is kind of to circle all the way back around to that. Um, is that fee based model? I see holes in the fiduciary, um, component to it because if you, the only tools you have inside of that model mm-hmm. are what are called registered investment products. So stocks, bonds, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot recommend my clients use some of their nest egg to go invest in a rental property under that model. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you had a million dollars in your account, I'm charging you 1%, you're going to pay me 10 grand a year to manage that money. If I say, well, it makes a lot of sense for you to take 300000 of that and go buy four rental houses that'll kick off this much income, I can't charge you that percentage on the value of those rental houses because it's not in this system. It's in no a different in, sandbox. Yeah. So now my relationship with you went from a million to 700000 so I'm only making seven grand off you instead of ten grand. Mm-hmm. So it's not in my best interest to do that. So that's one reason that. And when you say my best interest, you're speaking <clears> for financially for my business. Almost all of the fee-based advisors sure. out there. Now, um, the other reason that most advisors don't recommend—that's not the only reason, but that's a reason, mm-hmm. and that's probably a reason they don't explore 
getting to know mm-hmm. if we want to just look at rental properties as, right. as an option. Um, they just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. It's just a different world that they can't ever get paid in. So mm-hmm. why would they ever explore that? It's not to say that the traditional investment world is broken or doesn't, but sometimes you can earn more income in, if you just take this example, real estate, than you can anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times it makes sense to do that. If it, if all your money's not in an IRA, if you've got some outside of an IRA that you could put into, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Putting money that's in an IRA in a rental house is a nightmare. So that sometimes it's um, functionally just not possible. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but so you have rental properties you have, you could go invest in a startup. You know, mm. you could become an owner that way. I mean, you can, you've got this nest egg. But none of that is tax sheltered. Uh, well, no, it's not tax sheltered, but it's also out of the purview of a financial advisor. Right. Like it's just, I'm not an ex, I'm not a venture capitalist. So mm-hmm. I'm, it's hard for me to go do this, but I have a client who is in that business and they come to me like, Hey, I'm thinking about investing in this company. Can we transfer some money to that? And I'm like, I know nothing. Like, He's like, what do you think? Do you think this sounds like a good investment? I don't know. I don't know anything about that company. I don't know what they do. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, it's not public, so I can't get that information, but you're way more of an expert about it than I am. So, mm-hmm. but it sounds great. And if you're willing to take the risk, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so the only way that that works from a business standpoint on my side is to charge a flat fee. Okay. So just a back to that $10,000. Like if you came to me and you had a million dollars, half of it in an IRA, half of it in a taxable account that we could play with outside. I'm going to say, okay, here's your net worth. It's a million dollars. We're going to assign a fee to that to start. So I usually say about 1%. So I'm going to charge you $10,000 a year, and it doesn't matter where your investments are because you're hiring me to be your money guy. Mm -hmm. And I think that model removes all conflicts of interest. Mm -hmm. It just opens you up. And we may never go down the road of real estate or venture capital or wherever because those are kind of deals or opportunities that come up mm-hmm. that um, apply to only certain people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on your situation, but I at least want the option mm-hmm. in case because life changes, things get in the way, opportunities come up. Um, the main reason I'm looking at real estate is because the bond market is not going to be able to, to, to deliver what it used to going forward. Okay, And so I'm, trying to figure out how can I move and move my client's money in a way where it's still earning them a really good income mm-hmm. and isn't fluctuating like stocks. That's what bonds used to do, but they're just not going to, and we don't need to get into that today, but that's the, um, that's what I, that's how, what makes me a little different is, mm-hmm. um, I see that as a, the next seed change that needs to happen in the business mm-hmm. and nobody's doing it. Because it's so so easy to just charge a percentage because when the market goes up and your account gets bigger, my fee gets bigger. So just performance alone gives me a raise, which is great. Like I'm part of the reason you got that performance. Mm -hmm. So we should both share in that. And on the flip side, if your account goes down, my fee goes down. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's a really fair way to do something. But when you have a client who's got the opportunity to think outside the box, Mm Um, or maybe they want to take some of their money to plow into a business that they are going to run. Like they've quit and they, they're not ready to stop working. And so they're just going to go start a business. 
they might need some of that money and they need someone like me to help them financially plan for that. Right. And so that's where that flat fee is really important mm-hmm. uh, in the relationship where it doesn't, it doesn't put up any barriers. So would, uh, so I've heard you on your podcast say something along the lines of uh, your business might be the best investment you can make or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you remember how you say that? Uh, it's just that your okay. the business you start is most likely the best investment you'll ever make. Okay. Um, financially, that might not be true because there's more oh, components than just finance. I like, love that. You're, you're looking at it a more holistic perspective, not just the mm-hmm. bottom line. It's peace of mind. I mean, what's the point of life? Like point of life is not to have a big bank account. Mm-hmm. You know, that really speaks to my model of, uh, you know, what I, you know, kind of walk my clients through, uh, looking at, um, you know, impact and freedom in relationships being more important than money, you know, success, air quotes, mm-hmm. financial success without fulfillment isn't success. So, um, I like, I think core value wise, we're very aligned on that. Yeah. I mean, and, and everyone is going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, one thing I like about, um, one of the many things I like about my wife is before I met her, I was pretty materialistic. I still love things. I like nice cars. I like fancy watches. Like there are things that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that used to be the reason I tried to earn money. It was so I could go buy things. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a vision board with all sorts of stuff on it? No, I don't have vision boards. So <laughs> I need to get into that because they make sense. Um, but when I met her, she is anti-materialistic. Hmm. Um, is like, she like a minimalist? Um, no, she just doesn't. She doesn't get satisfaction out of things. She gets satisfaction out of experiences. Cool. And that was different for me. I had never considered that. Um And so I think a lot of people, the reason they want or their value is I need to earn more money or I need to have more money is because that of what that money means to them. It means they can go buy more shit Mm -hmm. and that's never going to be fulfilling. Um, People think it does, but it doesn't. It's it's like eating sugar. Mm -hmm. Like it's immediately gratifying, but then immediately you have remorse (laughs) right after that this is um or doing drugs same thing like Mm -hmm. you you get to a point where you just you need more of it Mm -hmm. to fulfill itself and that's not satisfying so yeah my my vision with helping clients is or back to that statement of um the best investment you can make it's because of what you'll get out of it Mm -hmm. you know i've met so many people that started a business under the guise of i would rather fail at trying this right then staying where i am working for someone yeah and that's okay mm-hmm. and like once you step out of that and you have that perspective um i think life gets a little bit more enjoyable mm-hmm. you know money will the lack of money brings sadness sure but the uh having money doesn't necessarily bring happiness right like yeah that's i mean which is a true statement sure like poverty i haven't met a really happy poor person, like really happy mm-hmm. there. There's a lot of crap that they're dealing with because they're poor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've met a ton of sad, rich people a lot. 
of yeah. sad rich people. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, that's a good point. Okay. So your, uh, your ideal client, I would, I would imagine a good fit, uh, I should say a good fit. You client, good fit, uh, is going to be someone who is interested in stuff like business, real estate, um, who, you know, not that if you have a client who just wants the sandbox stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. the registered products, not that that's a bad client for you, but I think your ideal person that you would attract and who would be attracted to working with you as a financial advisor, um, would be interested in real estate business. It would be more interested in living up to my definition of retirement. Right. Like that, having that motto of the moment I'm retired is the day that I stop sacrificing today for some, some imaginary tomorrow. Right. Um, and so, and normally those people are self-employed individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of people that even in the baby boom generation today where they've existed in this traditional sandbox, um, the first thing I look for is a personality fit. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to a point in my career where I, I'm, I'm able to afford that. Right. Um, I don't work with just everyone. I, tur- I probably turn away more business than I take mm-hmm. because I also don't want to work a hundred hours a week because I got all these clients. Right. You're following your own philosophy. Exactly. So uh, if it's not a good fit personality wise, it's just not going to work. Right. Like who cares about how much money you make? Like if you don't enjoy working together, what are you Mm -hmm. doing? Um, so that's the first thing. But Mm -hmm. the second one is, is do you align with that motto? Right. Um, and cause then I can help you get there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's more fulfilling to me. Right helping someone achieve that um, because then life gets better for them. Right. And so, but if you're, if you are an ideal client, like most of my clients are, you know, in their sixties, they've got this big nest egg and now we're trying to figure out how to use the tools we've got to make the most out of it. And Mm -hmm. in certain cases we can look at things like real estate and other alternative investments. Um, But for the most part, it's really just if you're, definition of retirement is to play golf every day i don't judge that that's great let's figure out how to do that right um my argument is is that if you're this a self-employed type um that's probably not going to bring you happiness what's going to bring you happiness is creating something like a business that is a lasting legacy that you pour your blood sweat and tears in and um you get fulfillment out of that so if i'm uh your client and i get this bug for business while I'm working with you or I'm, I'm, I've got this bug for business and I I'm looking for a financial advisor at the same time. And I choose to work with you because Mm -hmm. I know your philosophy. Um, you mentioned a little earlier that, um, you know, my, my paying you your fee, uh, you're able to advise me on that portion of it. So it made me think like, are you kind of, I know you're not a CFO or a outsourced CFO, but can you fill some of that role? Cause you know, as, as a, somebody who's started several businesses, mm-hmm. I want a CFO right off the bat, but can I get one? No, but if it's a package deal and I can get some CFO like help from you, is that part of what you do? It's a good way to describe it. 
um, for certain, it, it really depends on the individual. Um, I've, I think the hardest, the hardest thing that most advisors struggle with when working with clients is I think we always feel like if we don't initiate conversation, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, very, very few clients, it's a unique trait will actually be the one to treat me like a CFO where they want to check in a bunch because they've got questions or mm -hmm. a lot of times relationships aren't that complicated. So it's let's do a quarterly check or an, even an annual check is all you really need sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it just really depends on the situation. I would love to play that role. Mm -hmm. um, and I have in the past, um, but it's a minority. So um, it's a great way to define it uh, so, for, for someone who's trying to start a business and needs a money guy mm -hmm. to know what they're doing, what their plan is and how best to facilitate that financially. Right. Yeah. So we've already gone over all our household stuff. Uh, we've already talked about, you know, goals and plans for their retirement, mm -hmm. uh, register products here. Uh, we're going to take some of this and start a business and I need your help to set up. I've never done QuickBooks. Um, I need, uh, you know, I've, I've obviously done some budgeting at home, but I've never done this for a business. How do I separate all this stuff? Um, can you help me with maybe a little bit of a, of a basic financial model, like in all that stuff? Um, well, I've never actually nuanced it down that far. That's an interesting. Um, I would say that, yeah, under the right circumstance. Cool. Because um, it's all stuff I've done myself. I have my own business. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all stuff that... Um, most of my guests on my podcast have done. Mm -hmm. And so if it's not something that, that I'm necessarily familiar with, like if you decide to use a different accounting software than QuickBooks or um, any of those, mm -hmm. I use QuickBooks. So I'm very well versed in it and I can help you set it up really fast. Cool. So the setup, the setup thing would be easy mm -hmm. because it's not something that we would have to do ongoing. I'm not going to be your bookkeeper. Right. Like that's, I'm sorry, like that's just not going to get done. I have a hard enough time doing my own. Um, it's just a different skill set. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll help you establish everything. I'll tell you what I did. I'll make sure you do all your filings right. I'll put you in contact with the right attorneys with all that. I have that network set up. So sure. But cool. I would be the quarterback that would reach out. And, you know, I have all my clients give me, um, I think it's called limited power of attorney where I can, they've given me permission to talk on their behalf to other professionals. Mm -hmm. So I can call an attorney back. Hey, I have a client. Um, I'm representing them here. Um, they're looking to set up an LLC. Can we do this? And how fast can we do this? And that way they're just off doing their thing with their business. And I can be the one behind the scenes, making sure it all gets set up. So um, my other job is business coach. Um, and if this was our, if <laughs> my business coach, podcast. Mm -hmm. I would love to go more in depth with you on that. Um, but I, I'm afraid we might be losing the husband on fire listeners here. So if, if, if you want more information, get a hold of Nick cups, Nicholas cups and, um, and maybe explore that. Yeah. Um, and then maybe even someday have you on the, uh, the uh, business. Podcast. Sure. That would, I would love that. Uh, cause that I'm so like, I'm like, it's hard for me not to dive into that topic, but I'm like, okay, we got to get back to this husband stuff. All right, sure. cool. Uh, so as far as I alluded to earlier, your definition, this is just the question I like to ask all my guests, like what's your definition? What does that mean to you? Awakened man. 
Uh, that's heavy. I love that term. Um, I, I, I draw on my relationship experience. Um, so I'm on my second marriage. I went through divorce and how long ago was that? Um, divorce 10 years ago this year. Um, and I, I define that as someone, as a man who does not sacrifice who he is um, and finds joy in being who he is. Um, joy, fulfillment, whatever you want to add to that. But um, it, if you are sacrificing your principles to make someone else happy, you're not an awakened man. And finding a partner who supports who you are, who admires who you are, um, is something I didn't have in my first marriage. Mm. I was the guy that started giving up on the things he loved to do mm-hmm. to seemingly try to please her. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love to golf. Golf takes a long time. It's a five hour day. And, um, I eventually played less and less golf because she wanted to do other things. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. Like, of course there are going to be times where you've got to make that sacrifice straight, sure. but to have it be a trend over time, you know, you get into that. I'm not waking up every day doing the thing I love to do. I'm waking up every day doing the thing you love to do. Right. So it's on the flip side, it's fine to support her in what she loves to do. Mm-hmm. But I think awakened man is someone who, who doesn't sacrifice themselves for someone else and, and they're comfortable doing that. Yeah. Regardless of the consequence, they're just comfortable doing that. Yeah. I love it. What for you has been, I don't know if it's the biggest relationship mistake you've ever made, but someone in that realm, what's been a, a mistake or a downtime, a challenging season for you that maybe some guy who's listening, who's maybe there right now, uh, could learn from, like, how did you describe the situation? How did you get out of it? What did you learn from it? Well, uh, I mean, we're always making mistakes, right? You know, and then I think if I want to think about the big one, so it really was a, a, a retrospective learning from my first marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was what I just alluded to. Mm -hmm. Um, I allowed myself to decline for fear that if I didn't, she would leave me. And that I think was, is, was a toxic trap that I got into Mm -hmm. personally. Um, And when, um, when my relationship, when I decided that my relationship with my first wife needed to end because of something she had done, um, that was the first time in my life where I had stood up for myself Mm. and I wish I had done it sooner. Okay. Um, and so, uh, I would say that, you know, anyone I talk to, uh, buddies that go through relationship issues, Mm -hmm. Like it's really tough in the moment to stand up for yourself because you usually care a lot about your partner, right? regardless of what happened or you still care about them and right. you don't, 
the fear of losing that or ending that relationship prevents you from making rational decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the faster you can get to rational decisions, I think the better. And I wish I would have known that because I could have saved a year of my life. Now, fortunately with my first wife, we didn't have kids together. Mm. I have no idea (laughs) what to say to someone Mm. who has kids looking at separating or risking that because that's, that's a complexity that I've just learned about by having my oldest is five. So the last five years I've learned about like, man, I think I would rather just stay in a miserable relationship so they could have some semblance of normalcy. Sure. Um, but that's not healthy. So anyway, I don't know where that, where the answer to that is. Mm -hmm. Um, but from my experience, if, if you don't have kids, like for me, it was the moment I stood up for myself Um, I felt better. I felt more mature. Ultimately it ended in us separating and going our separate ways. But that led me down the road of finding all the things in, in Jenny that were missing Mm -hmm. in that first relationship that I didn't realize, you know, I I thought I had the perfect girl and it's like, Oh wow, there's a way better version of that person (laughs) that I had no idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, so anyway, yeah, that's the, I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, I mean, is part of that, that you, um, you knew what not to settle on? Yeah. It, it's the, uh, red flags. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I learned early on cause then after that, I, cause I got married young and then got divorced. I was 30 and, uh, I was, yeah, you're just kind of scared of, um, you meet someone, you connect and you start to, to kind of sacrifice a little bit of your values for theirs. You know, some, some personality traits that might not be great. Like "Ah, I can get through that. You know, Mm -hmm. she's really hot or I, you know, I like, Mm -hmm. I like this opportunity because frankly, it's your only, it's your only opportunity in the moment, Mm -hmm. right? You meet Mm -hmm. someone and you hit it off on a first date and you Mm -hmm. see where it goes. Right. And it's just like those one little things after another, Mm-hmm. that come up that now are deal breakers for me mm-hmm. because of what I went through. So how do you know where, cause compromise is part of relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you know where it's one of those things that, you know, not just a compromise, but uh, this is something that's non-negotiable how, from your experience. How did you, how do you determine that? Well, that comes down to just you, you know, or if you've got your, principles if you're an awakened man you've got your principles you've got your things that bring you joy you have your life um it's our how i'm trying to say this the right way uh i think it comes down to how does your partner respond to that are they the ones that are going to try to change those things about you Mm -hmm. or do they admire those things about you? And you might not necessarily share them together, Mm -hmm. um, but it's makes you who you are. And so if they're trying to change those behaviors Mm -hmm. always, I think Mm -hmm. that's tough. I think you, you're in a difficult position where, you know, and what's the, what's the joke? Like all, all, every woman tries to change their man, like kind of thing. (laughs) Like they're always working on their guy, trying Mm -hmm. to make him a better guy. Um, but I think that's one of the problems I had in my first relationship is there was this, 
and I didn't know it at the right. time, but there, there was this need, desire to change who, what I did to bring me happiness, to morph it into, to do what she wanted to do mm-hmm. so we could do it together, which is, a, I think, a fine thing to strive for because ultimately the intent is good. Right. Um, but ultimately it, it made me play golf less. It made me hang out with my friends less. Like it just eventually creeped in where I got to a point where like, shit, we don't do anything I want to do. <laughs> you know? right. So, um, so yeah, I think it really comes down to like how, how your partner is, mm-hmm. how she, in this case, how they view that. Mm-hmm. Um, and do they honor that or not? Yeah. So ideally you're defining who you are as an awakened man before you get in a relationship. Oh, God, uh, yeah. Like is your experience between your well, first and your second. But if you're in one, so one of the things that I think is a byproduct of, you know, if I go back to my first marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I had, had I been able to stand up for myself earlier on mm-hmm. and just said, these are not <clears throat> things I'm willing to compromise. Mm-hmm. Like this is who I am. These are the things I like to do. And we need to make time for me to do those things. Mm-hmm. I don't need to only do those things, but I need them. Like hang out with the right. guys, whatever gives me fulfillment. Um, but you learned if, that lesson because of your experience. Sure. If you would have known that going into it, you could have done that. Yeah, but I think this, the, the, the big thing there is the fear. There's mm. the reason I think most, at least for me, and I could probably speak for a lot of guys, is mm. by putting your foot down and just saying, I I cannot compromise this much. Mm. You're drawing a line. Sure. And then how your partner responds to that. And if she comes back and says, that's no good for me either. Well, now we have a constructive conversation to have that may lead to separation. Right. Which is a good thing. Right. Because you're, you're not going to compromise who each of you is. I was scared to have that because it could lead to separation. Mm -hmm. I didn't want that. Yeah. Um, it's a huge, it's, uh, insight. It's ballsy. Mm-hmm. But I think an awakened man is one that is able to do that, whether it's through experience or not, mm-hmm. like they get to a point where that is more important yeah. than pleasing someone else. You still want to please your spouse yeah. clearly. Right. Yeah. Well, all the guys, so, so that makes me think of, I think, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And I'm reflecting through like all of these guys that I've worked with that are in marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm very upfront with them. You, there's no guarantee that she's going to respond the way we hope. Um, She might not because there's a consequence to standing up for yourself. Right. And however she reacts is the consequence. And, and it may, end up with separation, divorce, or it may end up with, you know, now you guys are talking about the real issues. Now you guys are working on the real stuff. Now you guys have an opportunity to become fully alive and fulfilled and all you want to be as individuals and see if your relationship is a complement to that. But you'd never know that if you keep playing that game of, you know, just, you know, giving up your, your what's important to you, what's your values, your, you know, slicing off a little bit more every day. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's well said. I, yeah, it just, it, it just comes down to fear. You mm-hmm. know, it ultimately it's, it's, 
you the the hard I think the hardest part is you don't you just don't know what else is out there. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what the alternatives are. Right. So like I didn't know Jenny was out there mm-hmm. when I was married to my first wife. Um had I known that, it would have been a lot easier. Yeah. But it's just but I also through that experience looking back, I can say I don't believe that there's I don't believe in soulmates. Mm-hmm. I believe that with 350 million people in this country, that that cannot be true. The law of large numbers just there's going to be a lot of of women who, just through their personality traits, I'm going to be more connected to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my own belief, and so mm-hmm. there's a lot, and there's a huge spectrum there. Like there are some that like we're just going to be best, best friends. And then there's others that maybe I'm only physically attracted to, you know, there's a spectrum there. And I think it's trying to figure out where that spectrum, where on that spectrum your, your spouse is. Okay. Um, but that's always hindsight. Like you can't do, so it comes back to your principles. I think at least that's sure. what I learned. Good. So you touch on something that I think is so, so important, and I really want to drive it home that um, if you're, you know, I'm talking to the listener, if you're in the place where you're struggling in your relationship and that fear, mm-hmm. you identify with with Nicholas that that fear is the holdback, Uh Okay, yeah, I get it. I need to stand up to my wife. I need to like stop giving up what's important to me. I I need to reconnect with the things that make me me because I feel like I've lost myself, mm-hmm. but I'm afraid of what the that consequence might be. Um you know, if if there's that guy listening right now, um you've already kind of I think inspired by your story. For you, it turned out okay. You ended up with Jenny and you have a great relationship and kids and the whole thing, but you didn't have that guarantee back then. When you were in that place, like, is there any, anything else that comes to mind? Like, what does that guy need to know? Uh, well, really, so I, I have a friend who um, mutually decided to separate from his wife through no fault of either of them. They just got to a place where like, we're not meant to be, we got to, we're going in different directions. Mm. And he really struggled with that for a while. And, um, he and I grew close cause I, I would kind of help him through that. Like here was my experience. Mm-hmm. But for me it was easy because you're easy. It was not easy. It was easier because, um, it, there was an, an act done that destroyed our relationship by mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I can place blame right. very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it less hard to to do what you it, needed to it, do. It still was destroying, mm-hmm. but it also made it look like, well, there's got to be a better alternative. Sure. <laughs> right? So, um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, for someone who it's just, they're just either growing apart, man, that's, that's got to be, that's really difficult, I think, mm-hmm. to to stand up for yourself, to know that, I'm not happy um, going through whatever this is. And as I look in the future, um, the trend that I see is only going to lead me to be less and less happy mm-hmm. to 
to see that and then to to stand up for yourself right. and say, I need to, I need to make myself happy right. because no one's going to make you happy. You got to do that yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're always sad and, um, always looking at the future in a, an eye rolling, <laughs> oh, is this my life? Is this my life? Mm-hmm. Another day. Right. Um, of course we all have bad days, mm-hmm. but the thing that, um, Jenny and I, I think, um, we go through our ups and downs, mm-hmm. um, just like anyone, but we always come back to, um, our, our vision of the future always includes us together, mm. you know? So like when you go through big arguments or you go through times where one person hurts another, um, it's never about separating and that fear isn't there. Like we'll work through it. Sure. Um, because we have this huge foundation and we support each other in, in what we're all about and what makes us happy. And so that's, that was what was very different about the two relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and why, you know, I think the, my relationship with Jenny is going to last a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I would say this, if, if you're just sitting there struggling in your relationship with your spouse, um, one go talk to someone about that, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, talk to you about that. Mm-hmm. But I think the, what fascinated me about getting you on my podcast was this awakened man idea or theme or whatever you want to call it yeah. that you're creating this movement, um, is, is incredible because it gives a support group, uh, for guys who are struggling Um, because I think a lot of times, at least when I went through it, there was, I didn't have, I had, I had some family, but then you can't tell your family Mm. about all the things because what happens if you get back together? Right. You know, like if you told, you know, if you tell your family, you know, if, if your wife cheated on you, like, are they going to ever forgive her for that? Mm. Even though you might have, like, it makes it really complicated. So. I think a lot of times um, I especially felt like I was on an island for a long, long time. Yeah, I think a lot of guys can relate to that. Yeah, and so finding um, a support group of guys who are going through it, but then having a a coach or a quarterback, and I'm talking about you, Mm -hmm. to um, help facilitate the right conversations. Um, I think a lot of times... Guys like to be pissed together (laughs) (laughs) and and that's not constructive. It's fun, especially Mm -hmm. when beers are involved. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's having a constructive Mm. uh, conversation, um, is, is very important. Yeah. And maybe giving you the hard thing to do rather than the just commiserating. Yeah. But then also following up. Yeah. You know, giving the hard thing to do isn't going to get done because it's hard. You know, there, right. there's, you're more apt to not do it. Yeah. Um, but having examples of, you know, people you can go to that have gone through a similar situation is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I was on an island for a long, long time and that's partly why it took a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, speaking to the listener again, I, I think, you know, <clears throat> if you're in that spot mm-hmm. where you are feeling that fear of, you know, something's got to change, but now I get it. I need, I know I need to do this. Um, I need to stop. I need to put my foot down and I need to like, you know, reconnect with what makes me, me. 
so I can be fully alive as a man and uh, have that conversation with the wife. Uh, your friend that you mentioned that did the separation, that was mine and Tanya's story. We looked at each other. We're like, I guess we're just like growing apart and we couldn't figure out how to, mm. you know, go. We couldn't see it going together. And so we had that conversation. We never actually physically separated because our three kids, we didn't want to like, you know, make that decision quickly. Uh, but it was in the plan and somewhere between execution and plan, plan and execution. We, uh, we found what we needed, which is now what we teach couples. Um, so just to give another, you know, Mm -hmm. when you make that stand, you can, you know, it, it, it's going to go one of a few ways, you know, well, but it's not about her. Right. Like it's making the stand is about you. Right. And it comes back to only you can make yourself happy. Right. Um, And that's the, that's the bottom line. Yeah. You got to go there before you can go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so, which is a very healthy thing. And that's why I think doing it, going through couples counseling, doing Mm -hmm. it together Mm -hmm. where step one might be, you guys got to go figure out who you are individually. And step two is it would come back and say, okay, we found ourselves. Mm -hmm. Do we still fit together? Do we still? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that kind of the correct? All right. So, yeah. And sometimes, so a couple options, sometimes you're going to say, okay, yeah, we don't fit together. Confirmation. We, we, it's just like in this, sometimes it's like, oh, you know what? You know, you being you and me being me, I still like you and I want to have future together. And that's another option. Right. So, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, not every one of these take a stands in, uh, in divorce and a new relationship. Um, but sometimes they do, but all of them taking a stand always results in a better life. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. Well, I think, yes, I think there's some steps to do to make, to ensure that one you mentioned is like, get connected, you know, get somebody, a mentor, a coach, uh, Mm a counselor, uh, and get into a, a support group, get mm-hmm. into other guys that are thinking the same thing. Like we have the Awakened Man community, you know, awakenedmancommunity.com will get you there. So if you don't have another option, there you go. Um, the other thing is, you know, there's sort of an instruction manual. I've written the um, the uh, Relationship Secrets yeah. Black Book. Um, so that's a resource available. I'll make that available in the show notes. But, you know, there's, there's a manual for this. Well, yeah, and what I mean is that the result of of you being successful and taking a stand. Mm-hmm. Um, if divorce is the result, you will be happier. Yeah. If staying together is the result, you will be happier. Yeah. It's always it That's always leads someone who takes a stand, unless they're an ass. Mm-hmm. Um, it always leads to positivity, mm-hmm. and and I think for me, I was only looking at the risk mm-hmm. of thinking that divorce was a negative right which because it it kind of was in in that perspective but the minute you're able to step outside that or at least trust in the fact that if you figure out who you are again Mm -hmm. and what makes you happy right you're going to be a better spouse for Mm -hmm. one if you decide Mm -hmm. to stay together better father um but if you decide to separate you're just going to be a better human right and so when you decide or you meet someone new as i did um, it's easier to vet them because all of those personality traits that you left mm-hmm. show up immediately on potential suitors. Yeah. And then you can just say, Nope, I am not, I know what that is. Yeah. I'm not dealing with that. And then when you find someone who doesn't have those, you're like, Oh, 
Mm. You exist. <laughs> yeah. So, so then it makes it a lot easier to dive into. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that that worked out really well for you. Yeah. Um, I think the, uh, the key to it is the focus needs to be about fulfillment and being the best version of yourself. You know, whether the current person or the next person recognizes that mm-hmm. you can't control that, but you will be the best version of yourself and you'll have a better relationship regardless. Yeah. And, but I also don't, I also think that there's an element of work there. Like you're never done with that. Right. Right. So point. like, I think it's the, it's the desire to, to be better. Yeah. You know, always and, be not, and not sacrificing that journey and to find, to have someone who supports you in that journey, I think mm-hmm. is what we all look for. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of couple struggles are rooted in that. Yeah. In the derailing of that, whether it's the husband or the wife that yeah. is the one. And I, my guess is that I'm not a relationship expert, but my guess is that um, a lot of the intent is good, but it just through natural human interaction, yeah. you pull one way or you pull the other way. And it's it happens. coming back to the middle of having, having a process to do that is important. But the work, like always having the attitude of, I want to be someone better is important. Absolutely. Working on yourself. Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, I think that's great. Uh, Before we wrap up, is there any like last word of advice for husbands from your experience? Like, or what are you taking into the future? Like what's your advice for yourself? Strip clubs. Strip clubs. (laughs) So how did that fit in? Uh, it, it usually doesn't, um, no, uh, what advice or what was the question? Just like, you know, um, if there's maybe, maybe from the perspective of what advice are you taking with you? Um, whether you heard it somewhere or you, from your own experience, what are you taking with you into the future? Well, that, what I just said, it's that, um, I, I am working on me. Mm-hmm. always Good. um i'm trying to be um one thing jenny always helps me with is to be present so i'm futuristic thinking mm-hmm. like i did all those personality exams mm-hmm. it always comes out. i just live in the future yeah um w- at, which is at the detriment of the present sure um where jenny is 100 in the present and which is why if i let her run the show in terms of getting the kids some places on time <laughs> we would always be late. Yeah. Um, and so I'm always planning, like we got to get out the door by this time, this time. Yeah. And she's playing with them always. And just totally involved with them. And so she's helping me to explore balance. that. Mm-hmm. Well, to be more present because sure. that's a good thing like, yeah. to find that balance of being on time and being present. Um, you guys balance each other. Well, obviously. Yeah. But it's a struggle mm-hmm. because um, I think when we, get rooted too much in what we think is correct Mm -hmm. when our egos take over um that's where we we have our our most contentious times Mm -hmm. um she gets mad at me for you know always having to be on time and i get mad at her for always being late um so (laughs) nobody can relate to this uh, no (laughs) um those are not normal personality traits at all um but that I mean, but it's I I think it really comes down to like letting go of that ego, which is one thing she's helping me do mm. because she's very good and trained at doing that. Mm-hmm. Just let go of that and 
then we can come together and figure it out. But, Mm. um, yeah, the thing I'm, I'm working on that of, you know, I, I was, I, I felt like I was scarred and I carried a lot of pain with me from my first marriage Mm -hmm. and I wasn't totally healed when I met Jenny. I just happened to meet her when I did. And, um, and that's always been like, I find myself sometimes with Jenny getting back into that routine of sacrificing the old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. get like, cause that's kind of my, that was my relationship routine. That's what I knew. And Mm -hmm. so, um, having someone who supports like said you need to go golfing Mm -hmm. like you need that's really important to you or you need to do these things Mm -hmm. like let's figure out how to make time for you to do that and the same with her like Mm -hmm. she needs to do certain things like she goes out once a month with with her girls group Mm -hmm. um and so i do that every month let's figure that out yeah it's beautiful um so little things like that, I think, are it's just finding someone who will support you in your journey to be better. Yeah. I think it, to sum it up, that's good. And I love the um, the idea of being present. Um, it's good that you have that tension between you guys. That those differences, so I think, differences are what make relationships exciting and passionate and frustrating and maddening. Um, but also, you know, that's uh, a good reminder. I, <laughs> I like that because sometimes it. We're both alphas too, uh-huh. which is tough because we're both alphas and we're both in sales. <laughs> so I think I think our biggest contentions are trying to sell each other on who is correct. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is never never productive. Yeah. But. but I love the idea of being flexible. I mean, to be I think part of being a wake man is is really embracing that presence, like. Mm. You know, it's. I think it's a good balance to have the my, the the future mindset, but to have the skill of right here, right now. I'm here. I'm yeah. with you. Um, I I'm present. That's a been huge thing. The one thing too that that we let slip a little bit. But we had this rule. Like Jenny hates. Like we were dating, and you know, I I was really active in social media when we were dating because mm-hmm. I had come out of a relationship and social media is kind of the only place to meet people now. Like uh-huh. it was just, and so I was really active on social media and we were on a date and, you know, I was checking <laughs> on the date and she just looks at me. She's like, really? I can leave <laughs> if you want to continue this date with Facebook. Right. Um, or you can put that away and Good we can for actually, her. and I'm like, that's an awakened woman right there. And she is <laughs> very much so. Yes. I'm striving to be more like her <laughs> in the, in the positive sense of that. But, sure. Um, yeah, it was one of those. And so we had this rule of when she gets home with the kids, mm. um, cause she, I take them to daycare and then she brings them home cause we mm. both work. Um, our phones go off. Nice. Um, we, we tend to, the pendulum tends to swing on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure. I know that we're most connected as a family when, when like my phone, if I flip it over, it goes silent. Mm-hmm. And so I just, when they walk in the door, I flip it over. Um, she'll put her phone, her phone's usually off anywhere. She doesn't, she's not attached to her phone like I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's just us. Like mm-hmm. the outside world isn't infiltrating our time together as a family. Um, and so we're not always great at that, but that's, that was our goal. And mm-hmm. we're working on like being really diligent about that. Being, and so that's part of her, like this, that was her idea of, yeah 
because I'm addicted to my phone, mm -hmm. just like most people are. Yeah. It's like I just have this need to see what's happening, and mm -hmm. and I catch myself a lot. I'm like, what? What am I doing? Yeah, like, it's what? just habitual. I'm not. I'm not getting anything out of it. In fact, I'm scrolling through the same Instagram post I looked at five minutes ago. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Yeah. Um, so put the phone down. That's a good tip. Yeah, I think I think technology. Um, that's the struggle today. Mm -hmm. Uh, we didn't really have, like in my first marriage, like the iPhone came out in 2007 or eight. And, uh, you know, it was like a year later, our relationship blew up. Um, had nothing to do with blame the iPhone. It had nothing to do with that. <laughs> but the point is, is like in, in my relationship, my first relationship, we were married for four years. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't have that technology come between different us. World, yeah. Right. Where now you do, yeah. Um, you have to be, you have to be mindful of it. You have to put intentions around it, mm -hmm. especially as a, as a family. Sure, yeah. yeah. Like our kids don't don't participate in it yet, um, but yeah, it's I don't. It's scary, and it it it's addicting. It's mm -hmm. a it's a drug. So mm -hmm. yeah, we're trying to figure out how to. I'm that's one of the things I'm really working on is like how to just forget about my phone for a while, like mm -hmm. how to not feel like I'm connected because. Also, as an advisor, the the market opens at nine thirty Eastern time, which mm -hmm. is six thirty this time. So right. from six thirty to one, it's open, and I need to be kind of versed in what's happening. So I'm constantly checking. That's the number one thing I check on is like, sure. how's the market doing today, or what's the news of of economics. Mm -hmm. um, but after one o'clock, I don't. I don't have. To I have don't it. have to. But <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> so. <laughs> So yeah, it's, um, well, I think we can all relate to that and probably all need to take note of that. So mm -hmm. I definitely am for sure. Well, Nicholas, I appreciate your time here. I appreciate, uh, the uh, experience sharing you've given. Uh, this has been good and rich because I think, um, I think guys are getting a double whammy, some really good relationship, husband, application some really good financial uh application maybe i'm i'm assuming there's been a few things that haven't been heard before mm. and on the financial world and that that's even an option like a guy like you is an option and i'm really excited that uh, my audience gets to hear that so i appreciate it where can uh where can people find you just google my name um, my company's Cups Wealth Management. Uh, my podcast is the Nicholas Cup Show. Mm -hmm. My ego runs through that really fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've thought about trying to figure out a, a different name for those things, but it's just me. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's what I do. I'm I'm the guy. So uh, just you just Google my name, and I'm in the top. Um, all those things will show up right at the top um, of Google. And it's uh, two P's, right? Correct. Yeah, it's two P's, not not like the drinking glass. So it's, yeah, C-U-P-P-S. Cool. Um, but yeah, so Cups Wealth Management or, you know, the Nicholas Cup Show. Mm -hmm. All my contact information is up there. Yep. Cool. And we'll have links to that in the show notes here. Awesome. Thank you so much. I yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, man. Thank you for listening to Husband on Fire podcast. Have you downloaded your copy of the Relationship Secrets Black Book yet? If you haven't, I don't know what you're waiting for. This is getting raving reviews. And in fact, I'm, I'm just very proud of this 
because I developed a system that helps husbands to restore their relationship, to get their relationship sparked back. It's a step-by-step -step system that I've literally had men pay me hundreds or thousands of dollars to coach them through this. And I put the process, the step-by-step -step process in this book and you can go get it for free right now. It's not gonna be free forever. What are you waiting for? Go get your copy at husbandonfire.com slash black book. That's husbandonfire.com slash black book. Go now.